Hi, I'm retired NYPD Detective Vic Ferrari, and welcome to NYPD Through the Looking Glass, where you'll get unique insight into the New York City Police Department. Before we get started, please check out my Amazon author page, where you'll be able to find my series of behind-the-scenes NYPD books, including, and I finally got a copy, an author copy for myself, called NYPD Laughing in the Line of Duty. All my NYPD books are $10 paperback, $2.99 ebook download. They make great Christmas gifts, and they're also available on Amazon for $2.99 ebook download. Or if you have an account, uh, Kindle Unlimited, you'll be able to, to get preview it and read it for free. I hope everyone has gotten their Christmas shopping done. I myself try to start my Christmas shopping in October, try to do it piecemeal, a little at a time, some Amazon, some going into the shopping centers. And you guys know how it is. The closer you get to Christmas, the more the stores get crowded, there's less parking. And then before you know it, even though you swear on a stack of Bibles, you're not going to put yourself through this. It resorts to hand-to-hand combat trying to get out of a shopping center or mall with, a, with an arm full of packages. Long lines, people coughing everywhere. I mean, I guess it's tis the season, I guess. And for those of you that are watching my podcast on YouTube, or as my late father would call it, the YouTube um, as you can see, I've got a new haircut. Um, after 57 years, I didn't decide to change my hairstyle, but the woman at Great Clips got a little scissor happy, and this is what I'm stuck with until it grows in, and I tried putting product in it. It made it worse, and it's just ironic. I'm looking at myself as I'm filming this, and I'm, I'm starting to turn into my father and look, look more and more like him. So... Today we're going to talk about the NYPD's mounted unit. I didn't work in the mounted unit, but I had some dealings with them. And I know a couple of guys that work there, and I've heard things. So, I mean, these stories aren't firsthand. Well, one's firsthand, but the rest of them are just hearsay, and I heard them. And But anyway, the NYPD's mounted unit was formed, I believe it was in 1858. The unit's been around forever, obviously, and it's, it's rich in history. I mean, before cars and the Model T... Mounted horses, mounted cops were riding around New York City providing, you know, security for the, for the city. And um, cops love the mounted unit because whenever there's a parade or demonstration or crowds, those horses are, I mean, great for crowd control. Because when you're dealing with unruly drunks or protesters, like at uh, Times Square or whatever... When those, I mean, those things are like 2,000 pounds and they're high off the ground. When those horses turn sideways, people get thrown on their asses. And it's funny. I mean, I've watched people. That horse just starts, that mounted cop kind of does something and the horse just starts. It's like an, it's like an aircraft carrier starting to turn. People go, boom. You see them go flying into the air. So they're not to be toyed with. Um, sometimes mounted cops get tossed from their horses and we're going we're gonna to get into that too. So mounted cops, when they're not providing, you know, they're not uh, out at crowds and demonstrations, they're expected to write parking tickets. You know, they're not going to pull people over on their horse, but they, they write parking tickets. And what they'll do is there's different troops. Each borough, I think, has a troop or two. And, you know, a couple of times a week, they'll take them out for a ride and they go out and they'll write a couple of parking tickets because in the NYPD, unless you're a detective, it's who knows now? It's almost next to impossible to get away from writing summonses because the city basically demands it. So a friend of mine told me a story about a mounted cop that he knew in the early 80s. 
in the Bronx, and um, this cop was out riding parking tickets with his horse, and for whatever reason, the horse, you know, was a mean horse, or it got startled. It throws this poor cop off his horse, and the cop, he's wearing a helmet, but he lands headfirst into the pavement. The horse leaves him there and heads back to the barn. And the next thing you know, the mounted cops are out there grooming their horses, and Seabiscuit comes back to the barn without, without its rider, and like, holy shit, what happened to this guy? So now you got a manhunt going through the Bronx looking for this cop on, on, you know, where is he? And they find him. He's laying in the street. So he's rushed, he's rushed to the hospital, and um, what winds up happening is he needed major sur- several surgeries. The guy was really hurt, and as a result of his injuries from being thrown off this horse, um, he, he got a disability pension. So I had always heard this story, but I didn't know the guy. It was before my time, but my friend did. And uh, he had worked with him before he had gone to the mounted unit. And I said, uh, he's telling me the story. And I go, well, how is he? Uh, you know. And I says, well, no, I don't know. Like, you know, how, you know, is he all right? And he goes, let's put, let me put it to you this way, Vic. He says, every, he goes, I know the guy, I knew the guy for five years. Every time I run into him, I have to reintroduce myself. So unfortunately, the poor guy had some head injuries and he had some issues with his memory, which, I mean, it's sad. I mean, you know, you think you're just doing your job and the next thing you know, this, this horse throws you on your head. So another story I heard about the NYPD's mounted unit, and this is a famous story, and this is long before I was hired. This, this happened in the 1970s, and it, it took place in the Hell's Kitchen section of Manhattan. Now, Hell's Kitchen was a rough area. Now it's, you know, hipsters in there and Starbucks. But back in the day, it was a working-class Irish neighborhood, all apartment buildings and tenements, and it was a rough neighborhood. And at the time, you had the Westies, and the Westies was this infamous Irish gang led by Jimmy Coonan and Mickey Featherstone, and they were into everything. They ran the drug trade there. They shook down shook down businesses for protection money. They were into the unions. The Gambino crime family basically co-opted them to do hits for them, and they were instrumental getting the Gambinos into the uh, the Javits Center, the convention center that was being built because you had all those union jobs and probably construction equipment materials that went, went off the reservation. But anyway, these guys were into everything, and they used to shake down bars and restaurants and stuff for protection money. Well, you had this dive bar in the heart of Hell's Kitchen, and it was like something where you could have done a cast revival from The Iceman Cometh. It was like an old man's bar. You had old drunks that just kind of hung around there all day and wasn't like a night spot or anything. It was just like an old man's working-class bar in this rough neighborhood. Well, a couple of times a week, this mounted cop would stop by the bar with his horse. And the, the bar had these double wide doors and the cop would lower his head and the horse would, the cop and the horse would walk into this bar, go across the floor. And in the back of this bar, they had like a little beer garden in the back with a couple of tables. It was, it was tiny, but there was some space out back. And what this mounted cop would do is he would tie up his horse. He'd get, he'd get a seat at the bar or he'd get a booth and he'd have his lunch and a couple of cocktails. Now, obviously... Even back then, NYPD members were prohibited from consuming alcohol on duty, but back in the 70s, it was a different time. They got away with a lot more. I'm not saying it's right, but this cop used to go in there a couple of times a week, tie up the horse, have a couple of cocktails, and then leave. And it was the best-kept secret in this neighborhood because 
no one was going to call the cops, or I've called the cops, call internal affairs on Wilbur and Ed because they were there a couple of times a week. It kept the Westies away for the most part. And the old drunks in the bar loved the horse. And what they would do is these old people would come in and bring carrots and celery and go out back and pet the horse and feed it. And, you know, it, it was great. It worked for everybody. A couple of times, from what I was told, the horse, as he was making his way through the bar, crapped on the floor. And the drunks thought this was the greatest thing in the world because they thought it was luck. So what they would do is after the horse took a dump on the floor, they would run over to the local OTB and place a couple of bets, figuring that this this was a sign from God. It was good luck that the horse took a crap on the floor. So this is going on for years, and no one's saying anything about it. And one summer day, the cop goes back, ties up his horse, and is having a couple of cocktails, and the horse drops dead in the beer garden. Cop goes running back there, and now he's got a problem. Because like I said, maybe people look the other way, but there's no way he's going to be able to explain. I'm sure there's countless rules. and I didn't work in the mounting unit, but I'm sure there's countless rules and regulations on where to park your horse during your meal hour is what it's called. And the cop now has got a major problem on his hands because if he gets on the radio and calls for help, that's going to attract all sorts of attention because even though he's in the mounted unit, the local precinct, which I'm guessing would have been Manhattan, uh, mid- Manhattan South, would have showed up and the supervisor is going to show up, a lieutenant's going to, and they're going to start asking questions and the cop is going to be obviously either drunk or smell like alcohol. He's going to get suspended or placed on modified assignment. He doesn't want the headache, but he's got a major problem on his hands. How's he going to get this dead horse out of the back? The drunks are crying. It's chaos. So the bartender is one of these guys. He knows everybody in the neighborhood. And his brother owned a local towing company. So the bartender gets on the phone. And he calls his brother up. And he says, bring a wrecker or a tow truck over here and bring a tape measure. So, you know, 15, 20 minutes later, the guy's brother shows up with a tape measure. He comes into the bar. And he goes, why did you want me to bring a tape measure? He goes, Come out back. And he shows his brother this dead horse out there, and the cop's out there. He's grieving, and he's, ha- he's having a panic attack. And the tow truck driver goes, what do you want me to do? He says, I need you to tow this thing out of here. So he says, all right. So he measures the width of the doorway, and he goes, yeah, I think I'll be able to do it. He goes, well, hurry up. So the tow truck driver pulls the tow truck to the front of the bar, and he runs the cable off the winch, 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 drags it through the entire bar, and he's trying to hook it, hook it to the horse's bridle, and his brother, the bartender, is getting on his ass, and he's like, listen, I've never towed a horse before. You've you got to give me some time because we don't have time. Because now it's starting to become a spectacle. People are talking. You know, they don't want a crowd forming, and then that's going to bring all sorts of attention. So what happens is the tow truck driver slowly but surely starts pulling his dead horse through the bar, and the drunks at the bar start crying, the bartender buys everybody around. They're doing shots. Probably somebody singing Danny Boy. And the horse is slowly dragged through this parquet floor to the front of the bar. Once that horse hit the sidewalk, the tow truck driver knew better than to hang around. He takes the cable, hooks it up, and gets the hell out of there. The cop springs into action, the mounted cop. He gets on his radio, and he calls um, what's called a 1013, Officer Needs Assistance. So now the cavalry's coming, the patrol supervisor's coming, everybody's showing up. And once people start showing up, especially the supervisors of the NYPD, 
this mounted cop starts giving this Academy Award-winning performance that he stopped in front of the bar, and the horse just dropped dead right there. He's not going into how the horse, the horse dropped dead in the back. He's telling him it dropped dead in front of the street. And luckily for him, a couple of the drunken patrons of the bar that love the horse backs up his story. I don't know exactly how they got the dead horse out of there. Maybe they called another somebody with a flatbed truck, maybe Department of Sanitation. I have no idea how they got the horse out of there. So needless to say, that cop didn't come back for a while until he got assigned another horse. And the bar actually had like a memorial service where, you know, all the old timers came and told these wonderful stories about the horse and everything. And a couple of weeks later, the mounted cop came back with his came by with his new partner, a shiny. I think it was a chestnut colored uh, filly named Mary Jane. And, you know, everybody loved the horse, but he never brought the horse into the bar again because, A, he didn't want to go through that again, and, B, they thought it would be bad luck. But that didn't stop the cop from coming into the bar and having a couple of cocktails. I think it was across the street or up the block. There was a 24-hour indoor parking lot. So he worked out a deal with the guys over there, and what he would do is he would park his horse inside this 24-hour parking garage for an hour or two and then go into the bar. It didn't stop him from drinking, apparently. So, I mean, that story, these stories are from my book, NYPD, Laughing in the Line of Duty. There's more to them. But I have, I have a mounted cop story or mounted unit story that happened to me. So it's probably about 2005, and I'm living in the Bronx, and I buy an Irish wolfhound. And, I mean, it's a beautiful dog. If you don't know what the breed is, please look it up online. They're just gentle giants. They're wonderful dogs. I just lost mine. And I'm going to get another puppy soon. I'm kind of like right now in the process of going to different breeders and stuff. But anyway, I've got this Irish wolfhound and I'm living in an apartment. And I used to take him out four or five times a day. And my dad one day sees me walking the dog and he says, um, you ever let that thing off the leash? I said, yeah, of course. What do you think? I keep him chained up? He goes, no. He goes, do you let him run around? I says, well, in the backyard. And my aunt had this tiny backyard. And I said, well, I let, I let him run in, in my aunt's backyard. He goes, no. He goes, he goes, why don't you take him to Pelham Bay Park? He goes, they got big fields there. He goes, you should let him run off the leash. I said, yeah, maybe you're right. So one day after work, it was, it was the winter. I got out of work early. The sun hadn't started to go down yet. It was probably about 2 o'clock. I bring him to Pelham Bay Park. And Pelham Bay Park, it's a tremendous park. It's got all these fields. And I brought him out to the backfield because I didn't want to be around anyone. And I was very hesitant to let him off the leash because I didn't know how he was going to react. You know, not that I thought he was aggressive at all, but what if he doesn't come back? What if he sees a squirrel or an animal and he chases it off into the woods there? I'll never get my dog back. Or what if he just takes off? And I was so nervous. I'll never forget, like, I'm holding his leash, and I'm like, you had better come back. So I slipped the collar off his neck, and I go, go. And uh, his name was Angelo. I named him after a friend of mine to bust his balls. And I go, go. And he's just looking at me. And then finally, you saw like the light click on. The dog figured out he was off the leash, and he takes off running. And Irish wolfhounds don't run. They gallop. And when they run by you, this because he was a 120-pound dog, when he would run by you, you heard it. It sounded like a horse. And like... The dirt underneath their claws just comes up. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing. I know uh, greyhounds are, are beautiful to watch running, but if you ever go on YouTube and watch Irish wolfhounds running, it's something to watch. 
And he's running circles around me in this big field. So I'm like, all right, he's not going to take off. He's just kind of showing off around me. And I'm watching him, watching him. Finally, he stops about 50 yards from me. And I'm like, what is he doing? And he's examining something. So I start kind of walking over. And I realize there's a big pile of horse shit in this field. And I go, oh, Christ. I didn't. I would have never let him off the leash had I seen that there. The next thing I know, before I could say it, I'm like, no. My dog throws himself into this huge pile of horse shit. And it's a beautiful dog, and he's rolling around in it, and he's having the time of his life. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm screaming at him, no, 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 no. Just rolling around in it, right? So I had to kind of sneak up on him. I go, get over here, right? He snaps back up. And just before I'm able to put the collar around his neck, which I didn't even want to touch him, he dives into it for one last thing, and he grabs a mouthful of horse shit for the ride home. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so disgusting. I get the leash on him, and I'm walking him towards the parking lot of Pelham Bay Park, and I'm like, what am I going to do now? The sun is starting to go down, right? I can't put him in my car. I had just gotten a new car. I had like a three-year-old car. I'm like, I don't want to put him in the car. He's covered in horse shit. Like, my beautiful dog is covered in horse shit. And he doesn't have a care in the world. Like, I'm there not knowing. It's too far to walk from home. I can't put him in the car. And he's parading around like a Clydesdale. His crap, clumps of crap have fallen off this, his fur. And I'm going, what am I going to do? And then I realize something. I go, wait a minute. Where did that horse shit come from? The NYPD's mounted unit. I said, I know they got stables somewhere, somewhere in Pelham Bay Park. They're, they're the ones responsible for this, right? So by the parking lot, there's this like little road, and I follow the road. And as I start going down the road, I start seeing signs, restricted area, NYPD mounted unit. I think it was um, Troop D. <laughs> and I, wa- I walk in, I walk past some cars, and you've got these stables. Now, I'm a Bronx kid. I didn't grow around I didn't grow up around farm animals or any of that. The closest thing I came to a farm was my my dad's brother had a my uncle had a farm in upstate New York and we went there a handful of times as children but like we were outmatched. Like I remember one time we were kids and we were throwing crab apples at a bunch of uh cows my uncle had on the farm and I don't know we we pissed them off or they wanted more crab apples, but we kind of started a stampede. I mean, I was like 10, 11 years old. So we're running away from this stampede of cows. I mean, they were going slow, but still, we didn't want to find out if they were aggressive. And I'm trying to climb over this fence, which I didn't know my uncle had an electric fence to keep the, the animals inside. And I wound up burning my crotch. So, again, I'm a fish out of water when it comes to farm animals. So I bring my dog covered in shit into this barn. There's no one around. I tie him up to a post or something, and I'm looking around for a hose. And as I walk past, I guess it's a, sta- a cubicle or a stable, I'm walking past it, and I guess I made some noise, and this cop pops up in his Doc Martens and mounted unit outfit. He was like, he popped up behind the horse's ass. He was like to the side of it, and he goes, what are you doing here? I said, whoa, whoa, whoa I'm on the job. Hold on. I reach into my pocket. I pull out my police ID. He goes, oh, all right. He goes, well, you're not supposed to be back here. I says, I realize that. I says, but my dog found his way into a pile of horse shit that one of your horses left in a field, and I got to rinse him off. There's no way I can put him in my car like this. He goes, well, the inspector, the supervisor, he goes, my inspector doesn't want anybody by. He was a young cop. He goes, my inspector doesn't want anybody back here. I said, I understand that. I says, but my dog is covered in horse shit. 
And he's going on and on and on. We're going in circles. I go, listen to me. I'm not leaving. You can get your inspector. That's fine. I says, but I'm not leaving here until I clean off my dog. So as I'm having this debate with this guy, something nudges me from behind. And I turn around, and it's a fucking goat. Again, I've never been exposed to farm animals. And you know how goats, they, they have like those wild eyes. And the goat is staring at me. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And he goes, oh, it's, it's Harry the goat or whatever the name was. And I go, what is it doing here? And he goes, it keeps the horses calm. I go, well, what do they have to worry about? So the guy's still going on and on about me having to leave. And I said, listen, just get me something to clean this, this, this dog off. So he goes into a locker and he comes out with his jug. And I'll never forget it said... Mane and horse shampoo, which I thought was funny. I thought he was just going to have like regular shampoo. Apparently, they have different types of shampoos for horses. So I lather up the dog, and it was cold. I rinse him off. He gave me a blanket to dry him off. And, uh, you know, now he's starting to lighten up. I guess he figured no one's going to come back there. And he goes, where do you work? And I said, the auto crime division. And he goes, oh, Wow. He goes, yeah, I went to, I took a class there. I said, all right. He goes, that must be a fun place to work. And I goes, well, it beats the hell out of cleaning, cleaning off horse shit all day long. The funny thing about horse shit is we're into that. A few weeks before I retired from the NYPD, the last parade I worked was um, the Puerto Rican Day Parade. It was on a Saturday or Sunday. I think it was on a Sunday. It's in the spring. And it come, I think it goes from Spanish Harlem down to like the end of Central Park if memory serves me correctly. So I know people will say, no, that's not the way it works, but I'm retired 16 years. I'm old. I forget things. So I'm working the Puerto Rican Day Parade, my partner and I, and we're standing along the parade route. And this young deputy inspector comes over. He starts yelling at us because he wants a space to part and face in the crowd. And we're like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, I'm retiring in a couple of weeks. I, don't, I, I really don't give a shit. And uh, my partner goes, you know, fuck this. He goes, let's, um, let's take a walk. I said, all right. So we start walking down, I think it's 57th, or I think it's 59th. So you got on one side the Plaza Hotel and a bunch of buildings, and then across the street you have Central Park, the end of Central Park, and that's where all the handsome cab operators, the guys that um, you know take you around Central Park for 300 bucks for 20 minutes, they're all lined up. And uh, my partner goes, yeah, last, week, last year I took my wife for a horse and carriage ride around the city and I go, uh, around Central Park, and I go, was it any fun? He goes, fun, it was fucking expensive, and he's going on and on and on about the cost. So while he's telling me the story, this horse, this white horse lifts its tail and it takes a dump. So I start laughing, and my partner, he goes, you know, he goes, you could toss a piece of paper in the street. And you can get hit with an ECB, it's ECB, environmental control summons. He goes, for like 200 bucks for littering. He goes, that thing craps in the street all day. He says, and no, no one raises, you know, no, no one says a word about it. I mean, they have buckets on the back of those things, but sometimes they don't clean it up. So while we're commenting on this horse taking a dump, four Japanese tourists and a fistful of yen get into the horse and carriage. And they ride off, leaving behind this huge pile of crap. And my partner's going on and on about how disgusting it is. And again, working in the Bronx and not being around horses, I had never seen this before. Within seconds of this horse taking a crap, a flock of pigeons, there must have been about 50 of them, descend into this pile of crap and start pecking away at it. And I said, are they eating it? My partner goes, yeah, that, that, it, it looks that way, right? I'm like, that's disgusting. We went back, we went somewhere, we went to a coffee shop, I don't know, we got something to eat or a cup of coffee, maybe a half hour. 
So we're coming back up 59th Street, and there's just a couple of pigeons left. They had devoured this whole pile of crap. So I couldn't believe, I guess it's nature taking its course, but yeah, a, a flock of pigeons devoured a whole pile of horse crap. I guess that, that's how they clean it up down there. But So obviously I'm making light of the NYPD's mounted unit, but remember, these men and women are out there in all types of weather, in these hot uniforms, and I know a lot of cops that are in the mounted unit, when they retire, they have a lot of back and hip problems. Because you think about it, you're riding around on a horse on these unforgiving New York City streets. A lot of them have, you know, they're in dire need of a chiropractor. So I would love to have a mounted cop on, on the show to tell some stories and go into it. So if there's any mounted cops, and it doesn't matter where, it doesn't have to be the NYPD, reach out to me. And, you know, I'll vet you because I want to make sure, you know, you, you do the real deal. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in, especially my listeners in Japan, Iceland, and closer to home, Irwin, Pennsylvania, Wales, Wisconsin, Palisades Park, New Jersey, and Glasgow, New Jersey. Now, I remember as a kid growing up in the Bronx, I mean, I was little, but I remember there was an amusement park. It's called Palisades Park. I think they even made a song about it. But I remember going there once or twice as a kid, and I think they tore it down. And I think the area where it was is they filmed that scene in uh, Copland where um, Stallone is walking around. It's like a festival or like a, a little amusement park. But there was, believe it or not, there was an amusement park there called Palisades Park. If you work in law enforcement or had an interesting criminal background and would like to be a guest on the show... Please drop me a note on Twitter and Instagram at VicFerrari50 and we'll talk. Or follow me on there for updates on the show. And again, if you enjoyed the content, check out my Amazon author page. Type in my name, Vic, Ferrari like the car. All my books, all seven of my books come up. They make great $10 stocking stuffers, $2.99 ebook downloads, including NYPD, Laughing in the Line of Duty. And actually, there's more stories about the mounted unit in there. I just took a couple. And, but there's more to the stories that I told. But again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I can't believe the amount of support I'm getting for this. When I started this podcast, I really didn't think anybody was going to listen to it. But just the opposite. I'm getting about 700 hits a week, which I think that's good. And uh, again, if I don't, well, I'll have another show out next week. I'm not going to shut down for the holidays. It's, it just takes like an hour of my time every week. But everybody stay safe during the holiday season, and I'll have another episode out next week, and God bless.